1: Hi, we're Pretty Deadly, and welcome to Snack Ass. <laughs> this is the Russell Talk Podcast channel, and this is our review of Friday Night SmackDown, the May 19th edition, where we're going to be talking about the Usos. Do
0: you think ass counts as a swear no. for the first eight seconds?
1: No. I mean,
0: we won't get demonetized for that, right? No. no. And that was the first take of doing that. We didn't have another try. No,
1: not Shut at up. all. <laughs> if this is your first time watching this channel, make sure, of course, that you subscribe if you haven't already. And make sure that you like this video. It helps us out with the old algorithms. Make sure you comment down below what you think of the Usos and Pretty Deadly and everything else on this episode of SmackDown. It's Pete. Hi, it's me. Sats off again. But he's back. He's off week. being a dad he's again. Being
0: a dad. You'd think he's he'd have to do that. He's an excellent
1: father. As you'd I you'd think sense. being a dad would be an every weekend thing, but no, yeah. only sometimes. Just sometimes.
0: It's a part time job. That one.
1: Yeah. So instead, we've we've got we've got Liw back for another viewing experience of this SmackDown for life. For life. Yeah. All that. I'm your host, Tempest. That's Pete. Hi. We're going to be talking about the Usos. Yes, we are. Because they're bad. And that's good. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) That means the bloodline thing is fresh again. That's good. That's good. But it means we're getting Roman and Sammy again. That's That's bad. bad. But you get a free Frogurt. That's That's good. good. The Frogurt is also cursed. That's That's bad. bad. So yes, this episode of SmackDown, we're going to get into it with the opening segment which is always my favorite way of doing things. Indeed, they, yes. They bookend their show with the most important bits, so then when we review it on the show, we start with the opening. Mm-hmm. It makes it very easy to go through my notes.
0: Yes. that. Thank you, Smackdown, for making our lives slightly more convenient so we don't have to scroll to find the bit that we're talking about. It's very helpful.
1: So this show opens, of course, with Roman Reigns' his obnoxiously long entrance coming down to the ring, and immediately, Roman Reigns being on the show, like, for all the the nonsense that we have to put up when he's not on the show, all of those filler episodes, the filler arcs of SmackDown, when Roman Reigns is here, it is, like, must-see WWE programming when he's on screen.
0: Definitely feels like a different environment when he's around.
1: So, at the very least, they've maximized that feeling by having him be a part-timer. When he's around, it feels important. But he comes out, he says for everyone to acknowledge him, and then he's immediately interrupted by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. He's like, nah, this is all according to plan. I've never heard that
0: before. No, Roman Reigns probably being interrupted by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn.
1: Never. So they come out, they come down to the ring, and Roman Reigns is like, nah, this is good, I wanted you here, because, you know, Him and Sammy have not really had a lot of ring time together, especially in promo segments since Elimination Chamber, and that was a few months ago now. Three in fact. Three. And Sammy Zayn says that. He says, Damn, Roman, it's been a while. You know, I, I I gave up so much of my time for you. And Roman says, I gave up so much of my time for you. And now I can tell finally tell you what's been on my mind. And Sami Zayn's like, yeah, great. Because your greed has brought you back to us. You know, you just can't help but want more. You want more belts. And you've done all this. Now I'm finally going to get to tell you what I've got to say to you. And you're not going to beat us at Night of Champions, Roman. Because we're better than you. Just like the Usos are better than you. Mm-hmm. And it's all like, ooh. And it's at this point like Roman Reigns starts, uh, he's huffing and puffing, and he's getting all worked up. And the Usos come through the crowd, and they jump Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn from behind. They beat them down. They they super kick Sami Zayn over the announce table. They lay them out. They're like, "Yeah, we did it, right, right, boss? We we did a good." Roman Reigns is like, "Nah, you you did this on your own. I didn't tell you to do that. I had something to say." Mm. You don't act on your own. You only do what I tell you. And he's getting all worked up again, and he turns, and he bumps into Sola Sokoa, and he's like. Sorry. And walks away. So even Roman, head of the table, mafia boss, Roman Reigns, is like, I don't want to mess with that guy. hmm Which, Which is, in- is interesting. Right. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting wrinkle in all of this. Considering the last time we really saw, like, a character dynamic between the two of them, was like around WrestleMania time when it was after Raw and he's yelling at Solo Sokoa for not backing down to Cody Rhodes. So he wasn't afraid of getting in Solo's grill then. But now, now it's hands off. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Whatever. So they then go backstage. The next segment after the commercial is Roman Reigns in their backstage locker room and he's mad. He's huffing and puffing again and and he's like, Who's a quarterback? He cuts a really good promo. Who's the leader around here? Who makes the decisions? Why are you going out there? Why are you running random plays? Why are you making decisions that I didn't tell you to make? I get the promo time. I had something to say. He gets real mad. Who's the one that got us here? The one that keeps us here on top of the mountain, this, that, and the other thing, and finally just tells them, get out, just get out. And they leave, and the whole time, like it's really interesting seeing the individual Uso's different dynamics where Jimmy Uso is just kind of like hanging his head mm-hmm. and he's just kind of like being berated and everything. And meanwhile, like Jay Jay Uso's like antsy and he's he can't sit still and he's like covering his face and just squirming in his chair. Cause he desperately all he wants is to keep the peace. Mm. And he's doing his best. The Usos are trying their best right now, but nothing's going right for them. They keep making the situation worse. And yeah, part of that is like, they are acting against Roman Reigns, but like, Roman Reigns is choosing to be mad at them, you know? So it's a very difficult situation for Jay to be in. But that's the end of the opening chunk of the show before mm. we get to the main event later.
0: I really like this opening. I thought this is really, really good. Um, I I think my only my only criticism of it and this isn't much of a criticism really is like when sammy was like well you're not gonna win at knight of champions because we're better than you and the Usos are better than you except there's like no evidence of that at all in fact all of them have lost to roman and then they beat the usos so why would the usos be better than roman who they've lost to like mm. the the wins and losses don't actually track that statement. I think maybe if it had been fleshed out a little bit more, and maybe Sammy tried to make the point, like we could fill in the gaps ourselves. But I think WWE maybe should have done a little bit more of that themselves, so there weren't quite so many holes in it. So if Sammy had said something like, you know, Roman, your 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 castle that you've built is built on sand. Like the it, it, the foundations are nothing, and it will crumble at an instant's notice. You trying to team up with somebody else is only going to end in disaster. Whereas me and Ko are brothers, and you know we're we're stronger as a unit than you are because your unit's crumbling. I think if he'd have said something like that, that might have helped that a little bit. Rather than just saying like, "Well, we're better than you," obviously, it's like everybody has lost to Roman. Like that's that's not true. But aside from that, I think this was awesome. Like I, pl- I, playing on Roman's insecurities yeah, is a very good thing.
1: That that that's my big takeaway from it because I don't necessarily mind so much that. Like, Roman could absolutely just turn and be like, well, I beat you at Elimination Chamber and I beat you at the Royal Rumble and I beat Jay at Clash of Champions, Hell in a Cell and whatever. I beat everybody. Nobody's better than me. (laughs) Ha ha. He could have absolutely said that. But I think it does illustrate that even with those wins in Roman's favor, if someone just goes, you're not that good, it Mm. bothers him. It gets under his skin. And showing that kind of insecurity... I I like that and I say in my edited review for this show that this segment gave me vibes of uh, the Triple H Undertaker segment from before WrestleMania 28 when Undertaker really wants to wrestle Triple H again, and Triple H is like, no, I wear a suit now, I'm I'm not gonna fight you, because I'll beat you, and that's bad for business, and I'm not gonna do that. And he goes to walk away, and Undertaker goes like, oh, Hunter, I know why you're not gonna wrestle me, it's because you know that Sean was always better than you. And then Triple H is like, all right, Uh, bitch! Fine, (laughs) Fine! And that whole thing, it's a story about Mm. playing on Triple H's insecurities and everything, and this segment very much highlights that same thing mm. of doesn't matter how much roman is st- is able to accomplish you can still prey upon his insecurities and get him to act out of emotion because he is he is insecure so what all this has been about securing you know the the belts and keeping him at the head of the table because it reaffirms in his mind that he is better than everybody else mm-hmm. but if there's a shred of doubt in that then it really it plagues him i really like that they focused on that because that has been a thread of this story that we haven't really focused upon besides like you know us talking about the layers of this story this is one of the first times it's actually been brought to the forefront mm. i really like that
0: yeah and i i totally agree and i and i think having the the insecurities play out from roman is one of the strong points of the character because if he's just a guy who's not phased by anything ever and just wins yeah that gets very boring very quickly yeah but having these sorts of insecurities and i think him just requiring validation all the time is like his catchphrase is acknowledge me mm-hmm. it is literally him just being like i need everyone to know that i'm the best it doesn't matter if i am the best or not i just need everyone to know that i'm the best and so sammy just being like no is actually, it's very good character development like i said i probably would have phrased it slightly differently to achieve the same effect but that is that's me probably nitpicking a little bit mm-hmm. um but I think the end result of this was, was great. Just having Roman be insecure is awesome. I, I love when Roman portrays an insecure Mafia boss. It,
1: he's great at that. I yeah. love it. So we go then later in the show, right before the main event, and the Usos are walking throughout backstage and they're getting ready for their main event match with the LWO. And Paul Heyman finds them, says, don't worry, I've talked to the Tribal Chief. He forgives you. And there's of course, you know, Roman Reigns has done nothing wrong. He for, yes. he forgives them. Just yeah, great stuff. Yeah, and the Usos are like, yeah, all right, so cool. He's gonna be out there. We're all good, which is funny because Roman Reigns is like never out there for the Usos matches. I cannot remember a single time where he has yeah. gone out or not. So interesting, but he, they're like, he's gonna be out there, right? And Paul Heyman was like. Listen, he's a tribal chief. He's got a lot of uh, duties. It, a lot comes with being the tribal chief. A lot of duties. A lot of duties, and they're all like, "Man, get out of here!" Like, sure, whatever. Yeah, like they're they're giving him the side eye. They're they're rolling their eyes at him, and he Paul Heyman's like, "Listen, it's the LWO," which. Get wrecked, LWO. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's the LWO. You, you, you go out there. You can beat them. You're the Usos. You're the however many tag team champions. You got this. You know, you're going to go out there, and you're going to win. Now, please make sure that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Mm-hmm. And they go out. They go out to the ring. We get our main event match. It's the Usos against Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar.
0: Well, like the... Loses world order, am I right?
1: Boo! I like the LWO a lot. They're great,
0: but I'm, for, they like, got to win. For like, for finally, like, they did. And and from Paul Heyman's like perspective, like, yeah, yeah, the LWO they lose. They lose.
1: Well, they're he's not stinky. wrong. He's not
0: wrong. Yeah, they do
1: lose a lot. So though. they come out, and first of all, this is a nice fresh matchup. We have not seen a lot of fresh matchups involving the LWO for a very long time, mm. but hopefully now, post draft. We've separated from Judgment Day. We can get away from just Damian Priest beating every member of everybody and whatever. Now we can finally have the LWO flourish a little bit, as they did here. Because the story of this match really was that the Usos just have nothing going their way right Mm -hmm. now. Absolutely nothing because they're wrestling, things are going well, it's fine. It's a tag team match, it's back and forth. Santos Escobar hits a nice dive to the outside, there's a hot tag, you know, standard stuff. It's really good, really fun, fresh. And then I believe it was Jey Uso hits the frog splash on Rey Mysterio, and he counts one, you count two, and Rey Mysterio just kicks out yeah, just kicks out for a near fall, and the people pop and everything. And they and really it was hype super up on commentary. Kick into a splash as well. just right. a splash out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It, this, uh, for all intents and purposes, looked like the finish of the match. Mm. And Rey Mysterio kicks out, and they really hit home on commentary that wow, throughout their whole reign, that that move would have put down their opponent, but mm-hmm. like nothing is going their way right now. So the Usos then set up for their double splash, and Kevin Owens distracts the referee, Sami Zayn pushes the Uso off the top rope, and then Rey Mysterio can hit the 619, Santos Escobar hits the splash, one, two, three, the Usos lose. And that's your main event. Then they go off the off the air backstage with Roman Reigns watching and just being like, "Ah, these Usos. And Sola Sikoa kind of like gestures to get up, and Roman's like, no, 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 not yet. And that's it. So clearly, now they're finally at the point in the story where there actually is trouble within the bloodline. Mm. There was no trouble really between WrestleMania and Backlash when they told us there was every single week. But now that Roman is back and actually able to push that narrative, now we're seeing the slow disintegration where everybody's just not on the same page, the Usos aren't holding up their end of the bargain anymore, whereas. Pretty much the entire time that they both have been on screen together in the bloodline, they mm. have been champions because they won those SmackDown tag belts like weeks after Jimmy Uso came back in 2021. Now they're the first ones where they're the goats. They're and not the greatest of all time. Like they're the, the black sheep, like right? Scapegoats, now. the scapegoats. And it's being done really well. Mm. Granted, the bloodline stuff, especially with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, is very played out at this point, but there is still enough when it's in particular like Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn, where a segment with them two in the ring talking to each other, I'm going to be paying attention. Yeah, It's very good, like captivating TV, even if it does still feel like the epilogue, even though it's not the epilogue, it's just like getting close to next chapters past mm-hmm. wrestlemania and it's just like well it really should be the epilogue cuz that should have been the end whatever yep. we won't get into the whole song and dance again here but there is still enough there that even though this story is kind of running on fumes those fumes still generate enough heat for this segment on this show and the start and the op- uh, the start and the end of this episode of smackdown were by far the best things on it
0: yeah 100% uh i mean I hate to sound like a broken record or anything, but the best thing about SmackDown is the bloodline. I don't think we've said that
1: before. It does kind of live and die with the bloodline. Sure does,
0: yeah. Uh, but I, I I, really like the fact that LWO got a win. I really like the downward spiral of the Usos. I think that's a really fun narrative tool to be using in conjunction with the like the dissolution of the bloodline and all that happening. Having that be in the backdrop of the Usos being the ones getting everything wrong is really fun as well. Because then it means that even if Roman does something wrong, he's going to constantly blame the Usos for it because the Usos are on a, a bad run of luck. Um,
1: you know what, Also, yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. No, of course. But you know what aspect of this I really did enjoy in particular? Mm. I like that they used the match to tell that story. Yeah. In you a can. very simple way of just their finisher can't even win a match mm. right now. Yeah. They didn't need like... Unbelievable, con- like contrived promo segments and everything to really hit home. Like, yeah, they're still doing that, but how often would you see a match just play out like any other SmackDown match? And just because they lost, they would tell that mm-hmm. story. They wove the details of this story into the match. Yeah. And that was like the big takeaway from the match itself and just made that main event segment, made the story, everything involved with it that much more effective. It's actually a
0: really good point, yeah. Because that more often than not in WWE, in particular, you would see that like every match is just a match, yeah. And the the narrative going into it doesn't really matter all that much. This one, the match mattered. The narrative told in the match mattered, and it it helped further the story that they were doing. I yeah, I think that's a very good point. And I think this was a really a very fun main event and a really good ending, uh, like a, a good bookmark. Open and, and close to this show uh, featuring bloodline shenanigans. Um, I really hope that something important happens at Night of Champions, uh, and you you would expect it to. When it's going to be Roman and Solo versus KO and Sammy, that I think my least favorite thing that could possibly happen is that KO and Sammy win, and then Solo and Roman are like, ah oh, man, we lost, and then the Usos are there, and Solo goes to Smo and Spike, one of them, and Roman's like, no, not yet. And then that's it, because I'll be quite angry about that. Because that is nothing. <laughs> that is what we've already got. Uh, so I, I, I really hope something important happens now. They've set up all the pieces. Now just do something. I think that'd be I my agree. takeaway.
1: I agree. I hope we get something interesting from Knight uh, of Champions. But speaking of Knight of Champions, mm. we're having a watch party. Whoa! Whoa! It is at the uh, Long Arm Brewery here in London. So make sure that. If you want to be there watching Night of Champions with us, and by us, I mean not him, because he's away. hi Can't stop taking time off. But you can see with me, there's going to be a live Quizlemania there. And you've got Dan Layton's going to be there. Adam Bloppy is going to be there. Ollie and Luke, we're going to have a defense of the... Well, that is interesting, though, isn't it? You're not going to be there, champ. I'm not going to be there. But you can come... Make sure you get your tickets for this event. I know we've had uh, some tough times so having these live events, but we've got mm-hmm. it sorted this time. Yes. We're actually going to have a proper live event. If anybody knows anything about any of our lists or anything we're mentioning, the Clash at the Castle Watch Party mm. Every chance we get, because it's one of the most fun live viewing experiences that I've had as a wrestling fan, that I many of say. us have had as wrestling fans. And you can be there for the next one at Night of Champions. I really hope that you are there. I'm sad that you're not going to be. I'm sad I'm not going to be there,
0: because the, I, I had plans. I made those plans, and then Night of Champions was announced, originally King of the Ring and everything, and then we decided to do a watch party for it, and I'm like, I'm, I'm busy, and I can't get out of these plans, because I'm going to a music festival. I have bought tickets have to go. Sorry, everybody, but it's fine. Because, well, okay, here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not going to be there, um, but it feels like we've only done wa- one watch party in the past at Clash of the Castle where you defended the jam- that Championship. Good times. It was a good time. Uh, and it feels like I wouldn't want to, you know, break that tradition so early into the run of watch parties. Maybe. Maybe you could defend it for me. You're a you're 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 a trusted a trusted man. It's L I W for life, you know, etc. So maybe if I you could you could you could have it for for now. Just keep it warm, and you could defend it for me on my behalf.
1: Oh, I just can do that. I there. can absolutely do that for you. Yeah. Oh, oh, Goldie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, all jammy. Yeah, you can have it for a little bit, and and then you you defend it, and then I can have it back after Night of Champions.
1: Excellent. I'm not sure who I'll be defending this against yet, but I will figure it out. in your honor. And it doesn't matter who, because you're going to win anyway.
0: Yeah. Works out. Yeah. So there we go. More
1: pay-per-views after that, premium live events, everything in between. Where I'll be defending it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. after you defend it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because then it will be like uh, double or nothing and money in the bank and things. It should be, yeah, it be yeah. great. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, Anywho, should we talk about the rest of SmackDown? Um, So after that opening segment, we had uh, Pretty Deadly's debut on SmackDown.
1: Mm -hmm. It's Uh, Snackdown. Snackdown.
0: I I quite liked that. I think that's a very, that's a good line. I think it's really, it's really weird. Because at a uh, frontline show a few years back, I saw two acts on that show. And I was like, both of these are amazing. One of them is Miyu Yamashita, who is incredible. And the other was Pretty Deadly, who I saw at that show. And I was like, these guys have got something. These guys have definitely got like an air about them, like a charisma. Like when you watch them walk out, you're like, it makes sense. I get it. They've they've got like it, you know, they've got something to them. And now they're on SmackDown. And I'm like, eh, what do you know? I I have an eye for talent. Mm -hmm. I'm amazing. Look at you. Um, Yeah, I'm using that story to put myself over Not Pretty Deadly, obviously. Um, I
1: don't even remember what these guys' old name was, you know? It's been too long, and... They've done so many of these name changes. (laughs) Now they are just Elton John and... Elton John! (laughs) Yeah. Elton John and Kit (laughs) Harrington.
0: Elton Prince
1: and Kit Fowler or something. Wilson. That's right. Fowler was Rip like Rip Fowler one... is
0: a GYV. G- Grizzly John Vets. Rip Fowler is is and an Jagger <sighs> Reed. Jesus
1: Christ. Are the
0: are the the Zach Gibson and James Drake.
1: Fact check. NXT, you have done serious damage <laughs> to my fandom. I want you to know that. But yeah. Pretty Deadly, they do a, a backstage deal where they're talking about the recipe for Pretty Deadly. And there's like, oh, you throw in a, a tablespoon of charisma and uh etc. And what you get is, you know, snack. The snack. Pretty deadly. Snack down. Snack down. Welcome yes, boy. to snack ass. <laughs> so they come out and they wrestle the brawling brutes. And this again was another like pretty standard match, all mm. things considered. Uh, and the only thing that I saw get uh, any kind of, you know, anything of note really talked about online afterwards was the finish, Mm -hmm. because there was an interesting little bit here, where the Brawling Brutes have pretty deadly, uh, uh, what's his face, Ridge Holland has one of them in the ring, Mm -hmm. and he's giving him the clubbing blows, like Seamus does, and Butch has the other one over the ropes doing the same thing there. Tied up in the ropes. Tied up in the ropes, yes. And hit the mic. And then, just as Ridge Holland goes to do something, the one of Pretty Deadly, I can't tell them apart. Not gonna lie. (laughs) One of them is blonde and one of them isn't. Listen, one of FTR is bald. That doesn't stop people from still getting them mixed (laughs) up. Maybe less so now, because I think most people know who Dax Harwood is. The blonde one is Elton Prince. The other one is Kit Wilson. There you go. There you go. Fact check. So then Elton Prince, being tied up in the ropes, mm-hmm. gets himself untied from the ropes, and they hit spilled milk, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a spine buster and neck breaker combo. Zigzag. Yeah. Kind of. Sort of. Sure. Yeah. And then, just as the referee is about to turn around, he goes and puts himself back in the ropes. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, I couldn't have done anything. Oh. And then they count the three and pretty deadly wins. Mm-hmm. I do think it's funny, because people will just like do tag team moves. Mm-hmm. Together, you
0: know. Yep. That's that's what I wrote. I'm not sure why they needed to hide the double team like that, but yeah.
1: But in terms of like a creative way to hide a double team move, good I thought stuff. I thought that was creative. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: I, I liked it. It gives them it gives them a slightly more distinct character than a lot of other NXT call-ups that are like, now you have a match with Dolph Ziggler, or whatever, <laughs> you know?
1: Um or Baron Corbin. Or Baron
0: Corbin. Uh I, I, I like that this kind of put over their their character work a little bit more uh, in just their, their in-ring style and how they, they did that finish. Like I said, I don't know if it was wholly necessary within WWE's own lore, right. but it gives them a nice little character beat, which I enjoyed. And I, I like the fact that they didn't beat complete nobodies. Like, Brawling Brutes are solid Sure, a solid tank team. They're not. Yeah, they're but. not
1: the Los Lotharios or no, you know exactly. maximum male models. You know they're on. precise. You know what I mean.
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah I, I I thought this was a, a solid win for them, and i I think it was a, a good debut. I thought it was
1: solid. Yeah. There you go. Bang solid. Bang solid. We then had Oscar beating Zelina Vega, mm. and Zelina Vega is an interesting one. Because obviously she's coming off of, like, the biggest match of her WWE career. Indeed. Having gotten the biggest reaction of her WWE career in Puerto Rico for Backlash. And that shouldn't be minimized whatsoever, of course. Not at all. But we still are facing the conundrum that she's won one match in the last 18 months. (laughs) You know? That didn't change here. (laughs) And she does a little promo backstage before she goes out. And she's like... You know, after hanging with Rhea Ripley, I I know that I can hang with the top of the mm-hmm. SmackDown women's division here. Yeah, and I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna prove to Oscar that I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And this this is a real nitpicky pet peeve type thing. Mm-hmm. She puts on her like yeah. entrance helmet, yeah. walks ten steps, and takes it
0: and off. And then takes it off again. I know. I didn't write it down, but it bugs me. It bugs me too.
1: I just like it was one of those <laughs> things where like. I've never really paid attention too much to that sort of mm-hmm. thing, but it was like I could see it happening in real time where she like, she put on the thing. And I was like, you're going to take that off again <laughs> in like three seconds. Why bother? Yep. And sure enough, that's what happened. But she goes down to the ring and she has a much more back and forth match with Oscar albeit not a very long one, where I would I think back and forth is generous. I think Zelina Vega took like
0: ninety percent of this match mm-hmm. and then Oscar got a submission and won. Well there is that. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure
1: Oscar got like a kick in, yeah, you know they well they countered each other a lot. Sure. Zelina went for like a code red and Oscar reversed it and et cetera. but Zelina Vega like rushed Oscar right out of the gate, mm-hmm. took her off guard. And they went back and forth like that, kind of exchanging those kind of moves. But Zelina Vega was in control of the match. And then Asuka, like, went to lock in the Asuka lock, you know, cross-wing, cross-wing chicken face. (laughs) (laughs) Cross-face chicken wing. And (laughs) Zelina kind of rolled through it, but Asuka managed to trap her arms and have her in. I don't even know what it's. Go- I guess the, the rings Umbar of Saturn. Thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You kinda, know, the, yeah. the brutalizer yeah. type move
1: that, yeah, beats her. And then she doesn't let go of the hold. So Bianca comes out, tries to make the save, and Asuka rolls out of the ring. And Bianca, like, goes to try and grab her and then, like, pulls away as Asuka blows the mist. So she gets the mist on her face, mm-hmm. but Only she's. barely. Yeah, so she's kind of like, ah, it's on me. Ah. But she's not selling it. She's not selling, like, oh, my eyes, like last week. Yeah, not, not quite like the overselling. it be like,
0: oh, I can't see. It burns. She just did that all of last week. My eyes. Quite the same. Yeah. It burns. <laughs> I need my cat back. I need the comments to tell me I look like Eminem. God, there's going to be so many. It's gonna be so many. It's a comments. real
1: Eminem day for you. I know it's gonna be so
0: many comments.
1: Anywho, yeah, it is fine. It's it's more of the aggression out of Oscar that I guess I would have liked to have seen in the lead up to WrestleMania, where mm-hmm. they didn't like nothing to build that match. Yeah, you know, like there's <laughs> at least that. It is kind of like square one, basic stuff. But like, it's more than we got in the lead up to WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's because they were positioning her as a baby face. Well, they pre, shouldn't have done pre, that. That's what I mean. Pre-mania, they positioned her as a baby face. So they couldn't have her do any, like, aggressive, like, oh, no, boo, ask her things. Whereas now they're like, nah, she's yeah. a heel now, it's fine.
1: People are starting to boo Bianca quick, Turner. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, Jesus. Anywho. Yeah, and, and still, once again, red, red Champion's just on the blue show. <sighs> I'm, I'm waiting look. for, I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope that they're going to rectify this somehow. Look, I know.
0: I know. That there are going to be some people who are going to be, oh, what do you want to do? A title swap segment? You, you, you don't like those things either. And you're right. I don't like those things. Don't draft the
1: champions to opposite shows. Don't do that. There's your problem solved. Also, there's option three where you just stop color coding your goddamn belts. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, stop calling them the Raw or
0: Women's Championship and yeah. the SmackDown Women's Championship. Have them be two different belts. Like, you know. Well, I don't know, like, like the world heavyweight championship and the WWE championship. Those are two different belts. Yeah. Just call them different things.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm holding out hope if, it, if yeah. they are just going to do a title swap at some point. Like whoever beats Bianca, because that's why they haven't done it yet. It's because mm-hmm. Bianca's got this like record setting rain, and they can't swap them yet. No. So whoever beats Bianca is just going to go like, actually, can I have the other one? I prefer blue.
0: So
1: can blue goes one? with my outfit better. <laughs> um, you know, like I'm, I'm Charlotte. I wear blue a lot. I I'm wear on a blue, blue show. Yeah. It, it just goes, but can I just give me that? Give me that. Oh, you threw it on the floor, oh no. Oh no, terrible. Anywho, we then got something I know you're excited to talk about. Woo! Because we then had Grayson Waller coming out for the Grayson Waller Effect. Yeah. And it's always my... Because f- that's the name of his finisher, isn't it? The Grayson Waller Effect is like rolling stunner thingy. I'm pretty sure. Act like I know. Um, I, I feel like it is, and I don't want the comments to get on me too much, but I it's like my favorite thing when... They, they come up with one name for something and then they name all. It's like the Shining Stars. Yeah. Where their their name was the Shining Stars and mm-hmm. their finisher was also called the Shining Star. Yeah. Or the know? Viking Experience. Yeah. The, <laughs> uh. Regardless, Grayson Waller comes out for his talk show, The Grayson Waller Effect. Mm. And his guest is AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Now, you did a much better job of recapping this to me in the office than I did on the editor review. <laughs> so I'm just going to let you take the, the lead here.
0: Sure. So, first things first, I want to point out that on the last episode of Three Count that went up yesterday, um, Luke's three words for Grayson Waller was Smackdown's Miz. That's two words. And it is so true. He's got more upside than The Miz. He does. That doesn't mean he's going to be booked any better than The Miz. That's true. Because this is this booking, this could have been a Ms. TV segment, and it would have been completely indistinguishable from what we got. Like they are the same thing for all intents and purposes here. Like they did a really overly long intro of being listing all of Gross and Wall
1: as like nicknames and accolades and blah, 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 whatever. I found that very strange. Just this, this is again nitpicking this show. But you know how like. When MJF does some mm-hmm. stuff like this, he'll like go to Justin Roberts and hand him a cue card, and Justin Roberts like, Ugh, yeah, uh, this this out, d- yeah. generational talents and long island, blah 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 blah. Yeah. And he reads it all off like in jest, and he's like, like this asshole doing all mm-hmm. this. Whereas this one is like, I'm just gonna name like 12 of Grayson Waller's nicknames because mm-hmm. I want to. I don't yeah. know, it was strange. It was missing that, like, well, why, why doesn't everybody get 12 nicknames in this case? Mm, you know, yeah. It was missing the detail to tie it together, but go on. So then Grayson Waller said, uh, well, I'm Grayson
0: Waller, my guest, AJ Styles. And obviously these two have had a little bit of history, so you'd think that maybe they'd play into that a bit more. They didn't.
1: Uh, they sort of did. There was one line.
0: Eh.
1: Grayson's opening line was like, you told me to be phenomenal. That's it. That's it. And then he said, and
0: now I've thought about that. And yeah, you're right. What does the World Heavyweight Championship mean to you? And AJ said, wow, it would mean everything. I've been training a lot. And Seth's on the set of a movie. So then Grayson goes, wow, I just got goosebumps. Oh man, I really care. Like really playing up the babyface aspect of this to obviously then do the surf and be like, actually, I hate you. The heel thing that they always do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, AJ was saying like, yeah, Seth's, Seth's not going to be ready for this, because I've been training more, and Seth's been on the set of a movie, and I'm great. And Grayson's like, oh yeah, man, yeah, that's so true, yeah, I believe you, yeah, man, I got goosebumps from that, that's amazing. Um, Grayson Waller then says, I'm really excited when the announcer says and new World Heavyweight Champion, Seth freaking Rollins. And it's like, oh, there's the heel swerve. Okay, now we're getting the confrontation between AJ and Grayson. Maybe there'll be a little scuffle. AJ's probably going to stand tall, make him pay. And then the music started playing, and that was the segment of Grayson Waller saying he was excited for when they announced Seth as the winner, and then AJ went, "Mm, oh, I don't like that. And that's th- that's the whole thing! This was so boring! As soon as this segment had the slightest hint of going into second gear, it ended! That was it! It was a whole thing! This was f- flipping pointless. This I was... realized, realized yeah. that we can't sense this.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is recorded. This was such a waste it's of time! Such a
0: waste of time! <laughs> Nothing happened. I don't care more about the Grayson Waller effect, and I don't care more about AJ Styles. I
1: actually care less.
0: I care less. Ah, what a waste of time.
1: I I, co- I couldn't believe this. Yeah. You know? Like, I get that there was other stuff that we needed to get to. I guess. No, like, uh, delete LA Knight and Rick Boogs having a weird partnership on this show. Like, why could this not have led... To an immediate match between AJ Styles and Grayson Waller, where AJ Styles wins. Sure. Sure, you might not want to beat Grayson Waller in his debut, but like, I bet AJ Styles and him are gonna have a match, and AJ Styles is going to win. Yeah. You know? Well, there's another AJ Styles match lined up for next week. Oh, we'll get to that. Get like, set up later in this show. <sighs> yeah, you're like, you're right. Like, the the second that this became even moderately interesting, mm-hmm. it ended. Yeah, which is baffling
0: to me. Absolutely insane that they think that this was worth our time. Because it wasn't. It was boring. It was really bad. It's genuinely, genuinely on there as one of the worst segments that I've seen in the last, like, year. Yeah. It is so bad. Like, not, not like, actively bad. But just completely. It's not Bobby Lashley's sisters. It's not Bobby Lashley's sisters. It's not anything like actively terrible, but it is completely pointless. It made it made me care less about the thing that I'm supposed to care more about. That's impressive. Yeah.
1: Like this was their segment to hype up the new world champion of this company. Yeah. Well, I,
0: don't I don't know. Definitely the new world champion.
1: Sure. Well, you never know. Seth Rollins is busy being a serpent or something. <laughs> the Street Profits beat the hodgepodge team of L.A. Knight and Rick Boogs. Mm. And I called them uh, Boogie Knights. Yeah, because that's a movie.
0: Yeah, good movie. And, it's, and that should be it. It's better than L.A. Rick. L.A. <laughs> <L. A>. Rick. <laughs>
1: You know it would be better than that. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> so LA Knight and Rick Boogs, like they weren't they, they seem to be having miscommunication spots because Rick Boogs is like a nut job and LA Knight is LA Knight. Yeah. And they they were still dominating the match in the early going. And then they got the tables turned on them. And I mean, you know, the Street Profits, they start getting some momentum. There was a dive to the outside. And then they both pinned Boogs. With mm-hmm. the finish, hit the spine buster, and then hit uh, the giant frog splash because Montez Ford is great. And then after the match, LA Knight hit the BFT mm-hmm. on uh, on Rick Boogs and went a separate way. And I think either this means that they're gonna have a match, mm-hmm. or and maybe they they announced that on the show. I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Or it's gonna be one of those deals where LA Knight's like looking for a tag team partner on every show and he loses and beats up his tag team partner until he wins. Yeah. Either one that gets LA Knight in the win column, I think works for me. hmm It's a bit unfortunate, and I don't want to just come across as a hater here, because I have been trying to be positive as of late. hmm I really don't have time for Rick Boogs see that's interesting because i do interesting
0: i really like his charisma i think he has a an insane amount of it i think that maybe it is a bit much sometimes but i think he's incredibly entertaining like when when he comes out and he's just putting the straps down and he's just flexing on the entrance i'm like that's that's funny like i dig it uh, see
1: I don't know. It's weird. And this is very much just like a me thing because I know there are like loads of people who actually did like unironically enjoy The Ultimate Warrior when he was at -hmm. his peak and everything the 80s and 90s and stuff. Yeah. But like I've never been one. And Mm -hmm. to me, Rick Boogs, whose gimmick to me is just man from the 80s. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I find him unbearably obnoxious. Wow. Interesting. And he's like, yeah, he's got a lot of charisma. And I think when he's doing, like, the, the press mm-hmm. deal on Montez Ford yeah. and then grabs Angelo Dawkins and starts, like, curling mm-hmm. him, I think that is all very good. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are parts of this act that I think can work. But I've seen his backstage segments, and I just— I, I feel like he's Ultimate Warrior now— and I don't like the Ultimate Warriors promos. Mm. I know a lot of people do, and if you do, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong, but I'm not one of those people. And I see Rick Boogs and I'm just like, God damn, I'm so happy when he gets hit with a finish. I'm just like, finally, someone has, d- has done this for me. Thank you, LA Knight. I think yeah. I, I've probably been uh,
0: a fan of Rick Boogs since the Performance Center days, when he was just the loudest person of the audience that you could always <laughs> hear. So there's like a couple of segments that they had to like edit him out of because he was being too loud. Well I I think AJ was a heel at the time and did something in a feud with maybe Daniel Bryan or something like that. I can't remember. And he hit like a move and then you just hear really loudly off camera you just hear Rick Pooch is going You suck AJ. <laughs> it's just
1: it's just great. It's just awesome. It's got, got a lot of energy. Moves. He's got, got a lot, a of, lot energy. of energy. Yeah. I just because he's a babyface. Mm. He seems like, to me, the kind of guy that if I was in the same room as him, I mm. would hate my life. Yeah, that's valid. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely. therefore, I find him obnoxious. That's mm-hmm. fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. yeah. Like we'll him. see where it goes, though. Yeah. Um, Cameron Grimes is backstage, <laughs> and he's just so happy to be here. Mm-hmm. He's He's going to stay focused, and he's going to go to the top. He's not just going to go to the top. He's going to go to the moon. And it's been a while now. It's been a few weeks. It's been since, a while. It's been a while since Cameron Grimes uh arrived on SmackDown. And I really like Cameron Grimes. A lot of people have been, you know, clamoring for Cameron Grimes to arrive on the main roster. Now mm. he finally has and everything. And uh I just wonder at what point did his uh Did his personality get lost in transit? Yeah, it really did, didn't it? You know? It very much feels like a
0: lesser version of NXT Cameron Grimes.
1: Yeah, like Rick Boogs now feels like Rick Boogs of like two years ago when he was playing guitar for Shinsuke Nakamura. He feels like that guy turned up to 12. Yes. This Cameron Grimes feels like NXT Cameron Grimes turned down to three.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All he's got now is his catchphrase yeah that i feel like that's the only thing that is kind of similar to his old nxt ways and i'm not saying that you can't make changes to characters because of course you can but just having less character is not great um
1: he's just such like a like white meat plucky happy to be here babyface, which yep. is never what Cameron Grimes was like even as a baby face in NXT he had swagger I, I also just don't think it's what he's best at no you know? I think we've
0: seen a lot better out of Cameron Grimes with different aspects of his character and this is not the best version of him
1: yeah where's you know multi-millionaire Cameron Grimes with his stonks and everything stonks. A, like, I can't believe that ran for as long as it did. <laughs> so long! So it was just like a joke, because yeah. that was like the week that the GameStop yeah. uh, stocks like went nuts. crazy. Just, just like, you know, a random thing one week, and they just became his character Yeah, <laughs> the and, next, we, like, and I
0: can remember, because we were doing the NXT reviews at the time, yeah. and we were saying that like, oh, this would be a funny one week joke, and then he's going to lose it all. Yeah, exactly. And he's yeah, going to go exactly. back to what it was. And then he just stayed, and he was like, no, he's just a millionaire now.
1: It's like, yeah. oh, OK. Cool. Cool. Yeah, and it yeah. worked. Let's get back to that, though. Mm. Um, we then had Karrion <laughs> Cross backstage. God bless him. Uh, mm. Karrion Cross is talking about Justice being blind and such, and he's got his tarot cards, and uh, he's like, isn't that right, Alan? He <laughs> shows a card of AJ Styles. There's a lot of, like... Again, this, I feel like, was a smackdown of a lot of minus ones. <laughs> and, yeah, there's a lot of things that are kind of nitpicky. And I keep saying that. I really hate wrestlers just using the guy's real name. Mm-hmm. Like, when it's not, like... I think even the shooty-shooty the promos are, like, really overdone, mm, you know, a lot of the time. That. And need to be reserved for when it is, like, you know... CM Punk and Triple H calling each other Phil Brooks and Paul yeah. Levesque and yeah. everything. Like there are times when that's fine. Mm. But I feel like they're very few and far between need to be reserved for special characters. I did not like it when AJ Styles and The Undertaker were calling each other Mark and Alan <laughs> before that WrestleMania. And I don't like Karrion Cross just being like his name is AJ his name on this show is AJ Styles what does the AJ stand for if if you want if if you want to put out a detail at some point that say that his name is like Alan Jasper Jones or Alan yeah I've messed it up already Alan Jasper (laughs) Styles You, you gotta do that first but like Come on! Oh, it's great. I also don't care to see this match.
0: Nah, not particularly. That's like, happening next week on SmackDown. Yeah, by the way. like, yeah.
1: Sorry, but they have kind of gone past the point of no return with Karrion Cross for me. Like, yeah. I, I do not care. God forbid this ends up being a world title program because I can't, can't I'm handle not. it. Uh, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire come out mm-hmm. and they beat Yulisa Leone and Valentina Faraz yeah. and I did like I rewound the thing because you know they got the the jobber entrance they were already in the ring and mm. stuff and so I'm watching this at you know advanced speed and kind of like zoom past their their name bar and everything. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me go back. And I was like, yeah, this is because one of them was hurt for like nine months. I think Valentina Faraz had like an ACL injury or mm-hmm. something. So I had to make sure that this was indeed the NXT enhancement team of Ulysses Leone and Valentina Faraz, mm-hmm. the team that I could never get their names straight nope. in the NXT reviews back in the day. And yeah, this was a, this was a squash, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, the NXT women... This was an NXT match on SmackDown. And... I oh, mean, now we're firing on the Dawn Got drafted. They are the NXT women's tag team champions. They sure are. Still. And they got drafted to SmackDown. I'm still curious. I've not been watching NXT to know if they're <laughs> splitting duties and, and stuff there. <laughs> duties. It, no. Stop it. I'm sorry. Done it. Twice this year. Twice show. already. It, like, this was fine. Yeah. This was absolutely, totally fine didn't get any reaction because nobody knows who any of these people are it's the first match for isla dawn and uh and elbow fire and i would probably think that you'd want them to beat somebody that like they would know you know
0: like this is what they could have done with pretty deadly earlier in the show right is have them beat absolutely nobody and no one would have cared and no one would have cared and like they beat someone who meant Slightly something, mm-hmm. and it matters more with this one. They got a win, but it's against people that it doesn't matter. Yeah, so they don't, no one cares.
1: They, like even if you go with somebody like low on the roster, at mm-hmm. least have them beat like Shotzi and Tegan Knox or something. Sure, you know I don't know if they're still on SmackDown. They may have all gone to Raw. Who knows? Who knows? And but... who cares? What <laughs> is the brand split? Who knows? But yeah, and it's even more baffling when you th- when you then hear that Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez have been stripped of mm-hmm. the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship mm-hmm. because Liv Morgan's injured. Yep. She got hurt last week. They showed a replay. She gets like booted in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's a head injury or shoulder injury or whatever, but... They have to relinquish the titles. They're doing a four-way on Raw to determine new champions. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be Raquel and a mystery partner against Bailey and Io Shirai, because Dakota is also hurt. Good times. Against Ronda and Shayna, mm-hmm. against Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Mm-hmm. Not Isla Dawn and, and, and Elbow Fire, who just won a match as a team on this show. They've Whatever. already got belts. They've already Could got possibly belts. possibly have more. It is what it is, but these women's tag belts are cursed. Yeah, they are. Like, holy smokes. Bailey did a really nice tweet, just kind of being like, listen, these belts have had a really rough time. If you've held them, you know that this is a, a albatross, basically. But goddamn it, we're still trying. We're yeah. trying to make this work. And I was like, you know what? I respect you for that. Yeah. But goddamn. But goddamn. God damn. So who knows? Tag team Amnesia is going to rear its ugly head again for Raquel mm-hmm. Rodriguez. She's going to get like her fifth tag team partner in the last year. So we'll see. It is has bit. Raquel and Shotzi were a team at one point,
0: yep. I think. Raquel and Aaliyah. Yep. Raquel and Liv Morgan. Definitely. Can't think beyond that.
1: I swear. Oh, no, that might have been Natalia and Tegan Knox, But Tegan Knox mm. has floated th- Emma, maybe. I don't know. I don't know because you know what? Doesn't matter. You're right. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Um,
0: Christ. What she if it? What if it, it's going to be
1: Aaliyah? You know, Aaliyah's going to come out oh, on Raw God. and like team with Raquel and they're going to win the belts back, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, see, that was a plan. <laughs> Long-term oh, long. storytelling. Uh, You're going to be so
0: happy. Just so can't wait
1: happy. for it. So happy. Mm. But then the last thing that happened on the show, and then the main event, which we've already spoken about, is Austin Theory coming out for a promo saying he doesn't understand why Bobby Lashley and Sheamus double teamed him last week, especially Sheamus. Cause like, Oh, Bobby, he follows me everywhere. We've been wrestling for like a year. He doesn't like me, but Sheamus, we have so much in common. We're both strong. We're both tough. We both beat John Cena. Although I did it at WrestleMania and you did it like 12 years ago. <laughs> and then Sheamus comes out <laughs>
0: A lot of got me. That was good.
1: Sheamus came out, and Michael Cole on commentary said, the former Intercontinental Champion, Seamus. <laughs> and he did correct himself, but like, god It's
0: the one thing he hasn't won.
1: And it's been like the point of his character for like the last year. <laughs> and even Wade was like, are you drunk? I thought Sheamus would be at the pub, and it sounds like you have been and yeah. Sheamus goes to get a mic and he just broke kicks Awesome in theory. Uh, and that's Ooh. the end of that segment.
0: And that's the end of that.
1: That's Jeff. the end of that. So, I know I've been hard on a lot of things on this episode of SmackDown that Title weren't the bloodline. of
0: your sex tape.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's because the show sucked. <laughs> Outside of the bloodline, it, was it wasn't a very good episode of SmackDown. Yeah. And there's a lot of things now... Where, you know, I how this is a thing that pe- some people bring up when it comes to the draft, where I'm not a huge fan of when they draft, like, whole rivalries to other shows and mm-hmm. then keep them going yeah. and such, you know? Like, for the love of God, if Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio ended up on the same show and or Finn <sighs> Balor and Edge or something like that, yeah. I, it would have been much. It would have been too much. That being said, I think... You could make an exception in the case of Gunther and Seamus. Mm-hmm. Because Seamus has so much less agency as a character without the presence of the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. It feels like, excuse me, it feels like that is like
0: the one thing that Seamus needs now. Like his character won't be satisfied until he gets the IC belt. He <clears throat> Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. But it sounds like Seamus needs to finish the story. Mhm.
1: Don't know where I've heard that one before. Just came up with it off the top of my head now. Yeah. So I'm like trying to piece together ways that we can get there. Because I mean, I still don't think it's going to be anytime soon. If I had my way, Walter would break the Honky Tonk Man's record mm-hmm. being the Me longest too. reigning champion. But that's yeah. not until like September. So we've still plenty got, of time. We've still got Wait, September?
0: Clash of the Castle 2.
1: <laughs> Listen. Have Shamus win. It's like four months away. Yeah. So it's not going to be any time in the immediate future. But I'm thinking of like, well, what can we do then? Like, what what can we do? All of my plans for Walter have gone out the window. <laughs> I wanted the Money in the Bank match to be him and Pete Dunne,
0: mm-hmm. you know, for example.
1: Yeah. And Walter could win that match. It's fine. Yeah. But like, I'm thinking. And I don't like this idea. But what if like Seamus wins money in the bank? He's like, you know what? No, I want the Intercontinental mm. Championship. Yeah. You now know? that the precedent's been set, sure. you can do it for another title. And like if anyone else did that, I would think it would be stupid. But yep. like for Seamus, it makes sense for his character or sense something. Sense. Yeah. I could see them doing something like that and just like cashing it in for a match and be like, I want you. Give me another shot. I know I can beat you etc. I think that would be fine. But it's like the only way that I could see it working Mm. to get Sheamus back into an Intercontinental Championship match. Yeah, Because like, I'm sorry, but him challenging for the US title on SmackDown against Austin Theory just does not fit that same narrative beat. really doesn't. It's a shame, because god damn, I miss Walter already. They stole him from me.
0: And they don't even do the well, They didn't do last year, the Raw versus SmackDown Survivor Series. Right. Because you could try and make an argument that, like, the only way that Sheamus can get back to Walter is by doing a champion versus champion match at Survivor Series. But they don't do that Mm -hmm. anymore. So it's not even that. I don't know. I'm not necessarily interested in Sheamus going for the US belt. uh, I only care, really, about Sheamus going for the IC belt, because that's a story that they've made really good. And I want to see him do that story now. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think they should try and carry that one on,
1: but fresh in literally everything else. Yeah. So that wraps up SmackDown. This is, the all, this is also the problem when they bookend the show with Bloodline stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we get through all of the fun bits at the beginning, and then we spend the rest of the show bitching. Yeah. You know? That is what Which, happens. this was a particularly dour episode of SmackDown. Because like... The main event was fun, but yeah. there were no other matches that I would recommend anybody go out of their way to see. Nah. There were no promo segments other than the opening segment that mm-hmm. I would recommend anyone go out of their way to see. Yep. This was just like brr, there was a lot of like heatless stuff. There's a lot yep. of just random like the Grayson Waller thing really brought this show I'm down. So bad. Me. That was like the main <laughs> segment on this show besides the bloodline stuff, and mm-hmm. it was not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave this show a two out of five. Valid. And maybe that's harsh because, like, the opening and the main event I thought were good. And, I, like, you could stretch it and give it, like, a low three. But, like, if you wanted to give this, like, a two and a half out of five, that might be closer. I don't really do half scores. But that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. Didn't like this SmackDown.
0: No, I didn't either. I think I'd also give it a two. I The bloodline stuff is obviously great all the time. Well, most of the time when roman's on it when roman's on it it's really good and it really helps buoy the rest of the show um but aside from that it's a bit it's a bit not great this week unfortunately it's a bit
1: not great yeah What is great, however, is our $25 and above pledge hammers over at patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk. The ones who get a custom wrestling nickname read right out on a show just like this. And you can get your own by subscribing at the $25 and above tier at Patreon. It's doing so well. Patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk.
0: There's also a bunch of content on that 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 ye old website, patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk. There's
1: and so much stuff. Even more yeah. coming soon. I know. Like, so much content, hashtag content. And we have gotten to 2,200 Patreon backers as well. So we will be having the Adam and Sullivan My Rise Career playthrough on WWE 2K23, which will be exclusive to Patreon. So make sure you go over there. There's never been a better time to subscribe than right now. But again, $25 and above, you get your own custom wrestling nickname right out on a show just like this. So a big shout out to the moving Luke has never seen Selena. Yeah! Here's why
0: I forgot I have a ring on Simon Dormer. That really hurt my head. Yeah. Ow.
1: The Pharaoh, Stephen Mazzaferro. Yeah. The Soul Survivor 1993. Yeah. The Incredible Tarzo. Yeah. Keep Rolling, The Rick Patch. Yeah. Tony Jabroni. Yeah.
0: Trev Dog 316. Yeah. Vincent Shaw, loki garcia
1: Yeah!
0: Vito Ventura, Pet Detective.
1: Yeah!
0: Willie Big E Singleton. Yeah! And finally, for the Hall of Fame class of this show, the Saturday 20th of May, 2023,
1: well, it's Aiden Rockwell! Yeah. Thank you very much to all of our fine patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Russell Talk, but especially, oh, his poor head. its legitimately really hurt.
0: God damn! Well, that, we'll have that a little
1: But especially to all of our $25 and above pledge hammers. You can get your own custom wrestling nickname read out by subscribing at the $25 and above tier. That pretty much wraps us up for uh, this fine evening. Make mm-hmm. sure you go watch Three Count over on the WrestleTalk Talk main channel. Make sure you check out all the content over on Parts Fun Known. Make sure you get your tickets to the WrestleTalk Talk Live watch along of Night of Champions next Saturday at the Long Arm uh, Pump and Brewery, where I'm going to be defending. Pete's lovely jam, that championship against a uh, contestant mm-hmm. yet to be determined. Doesn't but it's going to be a really good time. We always have a fabulous time with our lovely uh, friends, fans. I said fens. friends. Friends and fans. So make sure you're there to see it. There are still tickets available. If I'm not mistaken, still some. It's yeah. still...
0: getting a bit, getting pretty thin,
1: yeah. but there's still some left. Yeah. So you can make it there if you haven't bought your tickets already. And we will see you back on Tuesday. For the Raw Review Podcast with lovely Pete and lovely Dan. Oh, I said Pete. You I did. meant Luke. Yeah. Luke and Dan. Ah, you're both bald. Anyway. <laughs> I'll see you next time. That's been Pete. I've been Tempest. That's been the Smackdown Review Podcast. Jam that jam. We'll see you next time. Bye.